Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and on today's episode, we're going back to Ohio to visit a community I've gotten to know and really appreciate over the past year. A client of ours was interested in the Canton, Ohio market, and neither they nor I knew anyone at that point. So we did what we do, and we reached out to the chamber, the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce. I have to say, I don't know that I've ever had a more welcoming experience from a business organization. The Canton team has just bent over backwards to help our client. And in fact, the service was so good right from the start that we talked to another one of our clients who wasn't even thinking about the Canton market into joining as well. So that's a great story. And to us, that's really what a Chamber of Commerce is all about. But what was really outstanding is what we found when we got there. So Canton, Ohio, everyone knows the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which as you drive into the city, you can see right from I-77. But surrounding that globally known institution is a region that is absolutely bustling with activity and excitement and business opportunity. And I can't wait to hear all about it from one of the leaders who are at the center of it. Very excited today to be talking with Denny Saunier, President and CEO for the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce. Denny, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much. It's good to have uh, this opportunity. Before we get into our interview, I want to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Fatheads Brewery on Everhard Road in the Belden Village area. Fatheads offers a huge variety of award-winning craft beers brewed in-house, along with one-off experimental brews from their North Olmsted and Middleburg Heights breweries. Food specialties include their smokehouse wings and headwitches. Those are unique sandwiches just about the size of your head. Fatheads also host private business events in their game room. If you'd like to find out more, stop into Fatheads Brewery on Everhard Road or get in touch at fatheads.com. Thanks to Fatheads for sponsoring the episode. So let me start by just giving everybody a quick formal intro of you, and then we can dig into what the Chamber's working on. For more than 40 years, Denny Saunier has dedicated his career to making Canton and Stark County the best possible place to work, live, and play. Denny joined the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce in 1980 when he assumed role of president of the Canton Stark County Convention and Visitors Bureau, which is now called Visit Canton. In 1994, Denny became the executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Enshrinement Festival, helping direct and grow a world-class two-week festival. After being promoted to executive vice president of the chamber, he became president and CEO in 2001. It's a position he's held ever since. And in addition to leading the chamber, he serves on numerous boards and committees, including the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce Board, the Board of Trustees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Malone University Advisory Board, the Steering Committee for the City of Canton's Comprehensive Plan, the Stark County Bar Association Grievance Committee, and a whole bunch of others. Then he was named one of About Magazine's 10 Most Influential People in Stark County in 2014 and one of three Persons of the Year for 2016. He was recently named one of eight recipients to be honored at the Canton Repository's inaugural Moving Our Community Forward Awards. A native of Pittsburgh, Denny earned his Bachelor of Arts degree in Communications at John Carroll University in Cleveland, and he resides in Plain Township and has three adult children and four grandchildren. That's a lot going on. Well, <laughs> too much. <laughs> uh, it, just so everybody knows, my bio that I have 
Yeah, my bio that I have here, I didn't even read all the boards that, he, that he's on, uh, too. No, no. So. When you've been around 40 years, you, you know, that tends to add up. So it's, uh, no, thank you very much. It's, it's... People bring you into things. Uh, so, again, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Let's talk first about the chamber. So I did an intro for you. Tell us a little bit about the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, well, well thank you. You know, and, and let me let me say this also. Probably one of the best things that I've heard or you could say is that when you contacted our organization, that you were treated with with respect and in a business, professional business manner, and that that's what we really want people to know about not just our our chamber, our organization, but our our community also. So, you know, the, the chamber is one of the eight large chambers in the state of Ohio. We're part of the uh, Metro uh, Chambers of Commerce of Ohio. Uh, last year, I had the, uh, the pleasure of chairing that organization. We work uh, collaboratively with the Ohio Chamber on uh, typically public policy issues that affect the state from a workforce, from a, a business standpoint, but also from a federal level. Uh, we have about 2,000 business members and they range from our largest, which is in the manufacturing sector, the Timken Company, Timken Steel, uh, another one of those. Obviously some of our nonprofits, such as our two hospital systems. We have Mercy Hospital, which is a division of the Cleveland Clinic and then Altman Health Foundation. And you know, they, they they each employ you know, several thousand people. But also, you know, we, we have a, a membership that is diverse and, and we include small mom and pop type of businesses that uh, small business drives the economy. Small business makes up most of the business climate in most communities. We're no exception. So small business is very important to us. We have a 20 member staff. We operate on about a four and a half million dollar budget. We have a dynamic strategic plan that we work by and live by that, you know, includes some of the obvious things, economic and community development, diversity, workforce, public policy, center city development. And then, you know, part of it also is how do we work with other organizations in, in a leadership role of, uh, of collaboration and support to other organizations that maybe share the same type of strategies that we have in the community. And, you know, we, we uh, are very eclectic in some of the things that we get involved in. You know, we're the, we're the size of organization that, you know, a lot of large, large city chambers deal primarily with public policy type issues. And a lot of small, small chambers you know, they're more uh, maybe dynamic in Main Street type projects. We're, we're in that, that, that middle that in this community, a lot of the community issues and interests somehow touch us or come through us, which makes us, you know, uh, and I say this humbly, not only valuable to the community, but also a resource to the community that uh, we can be very inclusive with our business members. And I mentioned before, it's business, it's economic development and community development. And, and, and I believe strongly that both complement one another. 
we conduct our leadership program through the Chamber of Commerce. It's 36 years in existence. I mentioned downtown development. We've really led that for the past 21 years. Public policy, we are the voice of public policy in, in, the, in the general business community. We have really put forth an, an effort in young professional workforce, uh, attraction, retention. And we also have a very strong effort in, in leading the conversation and actions of diversity and inclusion in the community. So those are some of the highlights. We own uh, two business parks that we are partners in with some other organizations that uh, through our foundation help to bring businesses in, locate businesses in you know, shovel-ready type of uh, opportunities. It gives you a little bit of an overview. We've just been very successful in working with our counterparts in Afrin, you mentioned Steve Millard, my good friend and counterpart with the Greater Akron Chamber in our Akron Canton Airport. We attracted Breeze Airways as David Neeleman, the chairman of Breeze, brought that uh, low cost carrier into the market. That is continuing to be very successful in our community. And the attraction of that and how our community responded to that has brought the opportunity that we'll announce in the next couple of weeks of even more uh, flights and destinations. Workforce is a main issue in our community also, as it is across the country. We are helping to lead a process right now, at least in the manufacturing sector of workforce, and uh, trying to come up with some ideas and, and, and programs that are a little bit different that would help not just retain uh, some workers, bring some workers back, but also attract some people to the community from outside with some incentives. So from there, we can we can take this wherever you want to take it. Like at Chamber, you, you've got your fingers in a whole bunch of different things too. So that's fantastic. So you talked a little bit about uh, the Breeze Airways. Let's talk a little bit about the community and what's going on. And I, and I like the way you put it about the the intersection between economic development and community development and regional development, you know, as, 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 a, as an attraction piece. Talk us through a little bit about what's going on. I had the opportunity to attend an event there a couple, yeah, two months ago or so and got a little taste of it and got to hear some of the story. And, and, and there really is a ton going on. Well, you know, uh, you, you opened up the segment and behind you, you have, the image of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, let me start there. We, we've been the uh, home of the Hall of Fame since 1962. About five, six, now I guess now seven years ago, an idea began to emerge and it's in the process of fulfillment right now. A major economic development project that encompasses the property that surrounds the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it's known, it's a public entity, and it's known as Hall of Fame Village. And it's, you know, it's, it's brand sponsor is that it is supported by Johnson Controls. So it's Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. And it's a, <clears throat> anywhere from an 800 million to perhaps upon completion, billion dollar project. It's a mixed-use, multi-use endeavor that encompasses not just a new stadium that uh, is used for 
a multitude of activities, but certainly not, not the least of which is the annual Pro Football Hall of Fame game here. It's $175 million brand new. If you, if you classify it as somewhat of a mini NFL stadium, but also uh, along with that, new hotels, new restaurants, new uh, shopping endeavors are, are being developed. A center for excellence that is that carries the name of Constellation Energy uh, and its brand. We have a a performance center that's being developed, and when I say performance center, it's for athletic performance. And so there's a myriad of you know ten new soccer fields and football fields that bring in you know literally a hundred thousands of, of of youth participants each year. That is in the process of being built and completed. It'll also feature a year-round water park that's NFL-themed. So, you know, being the home of the Hall of Fame, is, it's an extension of that brand of professional football, football in general. But also, we've recently carried that more than ever into the center city. And so, the, the, you know, the same development that is building the Hall of Fame Village is all has also taken over a, a hotel downtown, a brand new DoubleTree hotel. That flag is open and operating, and it's married again in its in its uh, ownership and and how it's marketed with the Hall of Fame, but also with the Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. What what we did in addition to that is in the middle of our downtown. In 2000 was the 100th anniversary of the founding of the NFL. And the NFL was founded in downtown Canton. A lot of people don't realize that. They know us as the home of the Hall of Fame. So 100 years ago, NFL was founded in, in downtown Canton. So we commemorated that with a $12.5 million uh, project uh, known as Centennial Plaza. And Centennial, Centennial Plaza is a, a park that converts into an amphitheater. It has, uh, as one of its iconic images, the spires of what depict the rotunda of the Pro Football Hall of Fame done in a very neat artistic fashion. And they stand probably you know, five stories tall. We have a giant monitor screen, if you will, that we're able to do closed circuit events, but also we do events by putting uh, pro football games on the, on the screen and tailgate parties. And it's been used for a myriad of, of many, many, many activities. And it's really been a catalyst to draw people downtown. The, the other link to the NFL is that we have the ability to show uh, at this park, at the Centennial Plaza, every person who played football for the NFL in its first hundred years, their name is engraved, their name is uh, part of the Centennial Plaza. So it's, here again, it's an extension of our Pro Football Hall of Fame itself, the museum, as far as uh, more information and more activity uh, in the downtown area. Uh, I mentioned Breeze Airways, uh, another major project. Our airport is is growing. 
We've uh, just announced recently that Amazon is building a regional dis distribution center here. We have tractor supply coming into the area with a, a manufacturing and distribution project. Hendrickson, uh, which is one of the foremost uh, trailer truck trailer suspension systems, is headquartered here, but also it's in the process of a major expansion. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing those type of elements in the community. One other, one other aspect is we, we, we have a very, very dynamic retail market here. And, and that is just north of the city in Jackson Township. And uh, that continues to grow. It has been the, the center of retail for a large part of Northeast Ohio and continues to grow in, in, that, in, that, in that aspect. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I think that we are trying to do, as hopefully most communities are, is, is think differently, maybe a little bit more boldly. During the pandemic, a lot of communities pulled back. We tried to move forward. A major expansion at the airport helped us um, attract Breeze Airways with new gates, state-of-the-art gates. And we have several other airlines that we are going to announce with some flights in the ensuing months. One of the big ideas, I mentioned Akron before. If you look on a map, Akron and Canton are very close together. We are in Northeast Ohio. We sit about 50 miles south of Cleveland. Akron sits about 30 miles south. I can be in downtown Akron from my office in you know, 20 minutes. So we're looking at the two communities more. We share an airport. We share workforce every day. We're looking at the two communities more as a metroplex. You know, we have 500,000 people in Stark County's uh, MSA. Akron has 700,000 people in their MSA. That by itself doesn't really kind of move the dial. But 1.2 million people makes us the fourth largest market in the state of Ohio. And so there's some abilities that that brings along with it. So, you know, those are some, in a nutshell, some of the big things that are, that are happening. There's a lot more, but in the interest of time, we'll, we'll try to move your questions on. Let me ask you an interesting thing. So I'm sitting, my home base is a community that has Niagara Falls in it. So we also have a globally recognized iconic landmark. We talked a lot about the NFL and the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame. It, it strikes me as, as a chamber, the way you told that story there, there's a lot to use there. There's a lot of advantage of having that, but there's also a lot of responsibility to, to do a good job with what you have. Can you talk a little bit about how the chamber works to rally the entire community around these projects and these kind of initiatives? Yeah, great, great, great question. You know, I mentioned the Hall of Fame opened here in 1962. From that point till today, we have, at the Chamber, we have been what I would call a significant partner with the Hall of Fame. And what, what that partnership is, is we really bring the community into the partnership, both by business and residents. Every year, there was a new class of individuals who are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is a major event 
for this community and it is a major opportunity for this community to show itself on a national scale. So we have been working with the Hall of Fame during that period of time in supplementing the, a couple of the key hallmark events that the Hall of Fame puts on. And one is, obviously the pinnacle of it is the induction of these individuals. But also with that, there is uh, the annual Hall of Fame game. And so a community our size has a bona fide NFL game that takes place. And now we have a brand new stadium that, that that takes place in that, again, is NFL equivalent, only on a smaller scale. But we, you know, we, 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 we do some ancillary events, too. You know, we, we put on a dinner. The chamber puts on a dinner during that time period for 4,000 people. Now, this is a sit-down, really nice dinner. <laughs> for 4,000 yeah. 4, people. And we introduced to the community the class of Hall of Famers that year. But what we've also been able to do is attract other Hall of Famers who've been inducted in previous years. So, you know, I always say, where in the world do you have 130 of the legends of a game, of a sport, in one place at one time, right. other than here in Canton, Ohio. And uh, they are featured at that dinner. The new class is featured at that dinner. Commissioner Roger Goodell is at that dinner in, in, in a speaking role. We have team owners. We have celebrities from across the country that come in, obviously media. But we also have business people that come in for that. And that's an opportunity for us to showcase the community from, from that type of a standpoint. We put on a, a major parade following the morning that is two and a half miles in its length that attracts uh, well over 100,000 people to it. And it's broadcast on TV. Uh, so again, that's another method. And, and so uh, without going through all the events, we, we, we have a combination of, with the Hall of Fame, 15 events that take place over a two-week period of time to celebrate the induction. And, you know, if you add up all the people who buy tickets and attend all the events collectively, it's, a, it's, it's well over 500,000 people. So, obviously, that's a big economic opportunity for our community. But it's also a, a great community opportunity for our community. So, you know, we act as that catalyst to your question of, of rallying the community. Some 4,000 volunteers participate. And it's one aspect of what do we do as a chamber. There's a special, our events department handles that. So, you know, that, again, that, 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 that helps support us, but it also helps, you know, our mission of economic and community development. Absolutely. So with, with so much going on, you just talked about an event that comes every single year that, that you're at the center of. So it, it, it's not like it's a one-time project. It's every year so much going on. How are you as the chamber and your leadership role in the community, how are you focusing the, the community on the future? How are you making decisions that are going to benefit 10 years, 25, 50 years from now? That's, that is a really, really important question. And so what, what we're looking at today is, and let me just touch on the Hall of Fame again, because 
and then I'll, I want to move away from that. But we're looking, I'm on the board of trustees of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're about to enter into a long-range plan for the hall, which will position us, you know, 10, 15, 20 years into the future. And that, and that, and that will be about what is the attraction itself, what's the mission itself, but also how does it fit in with this new dynamic of Hall of Fame Village that will attract, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people on its, on its own. But, you know, what we're looking at right now in workforce ties to education. And so, you know, we're working very much with our educators from pre-K through our local universities as to what are the jobs that need to be trained for today? What, is, what, is, what, is, what are those skills? What should we be teaching in our schools? What are the jobs of tomorrow that need to have the education of today? So, you know, that, that is a backbone of communities. We're also looking at how do, you, how do you attract new residents to your community? Everybody is going to be in that type of uh, situ situation. From my standpoint, I think that the, 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 the first out, the most clever, and maybe some of the most bold ideas will be the winners. And with that, without getting into too much of the weeds, if that is a, 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 a focus, how does, and, and, and you're able to, to accomplish that, how does that affect some of the other issues that you have in your community? We're having discussions right now and more than ever than, than, than I've been here on inclusion, diversity. Communities that will have success in the future need to include that as far as you know, part of their, their, their DNA, their makeup of a community. Uh, so you know, these are strong community conversations that we're having. The chamber many times is, is in the lead in those conversations through our business leadership. Um, I'm one who believes that business needs to lead a lot of initiatives. Business is obviously the backbone of a community. I think you know, you know typically there's 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 good support and outcome through that process. So you know here again those are some of the issues that that we're dealing with, how do we, how do we retain our, our talent? How do we retain our young people graduating? And, and I venture to say there's no difference in what I just described than in Buffalo or in Nashville or Indianapolis or, or whatever. We're all kind of facing the same situations. Chambers pull business, pull community together and, 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 and are able to maybe put forth efforts that are meaningful to, 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 to sustainability and, and more importantly, growth. We talked about the community. We talked about the chamber. Let's talk a little bit about you. 40 years on the job, all these results that we're talking about that you've been a part of, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you excited about going to the office? Yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, I've had the, the unique experience in this industry to work someplace for 40 years, but wear several different hats that are very unique. My, my first job out of college was working for the Cleveland Convention and Visitors Bureau. Now this was in the mid seventies. 
And anybody who can remember the mid-70s remembers Cleveland was not a place that many people wanted to go to, let alone visit. It was considered the mistake on the lake. They had a river that caught on fire. Its mayor's hair caught on fire. We had a, um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a time in, you know, as, as manufacturing and steel was, you know, coming to an end in a major sense. So it, it really became the, the, the poster child for the Rust Belt. Far different today in Cleveland. And I would, I would encourage anyone to visit Cleveland, to live in Cleveland. My three daughters live in Cleveland. It's a, it's a beautiful city today. But when I went to work there, it was a challenge. There was nobody living downtown. If they were, they, they were. <laughs> uh, you know, you had really no, to speak of, infrastructure of hospitality, such as hotels or whatever. So, you know, I always say that uh, if any, any type of sales skills that I honed was during that time, because our phone never rang. <laughs> you know, our office was only making outgoing calls, but it gave me, it gave me some great experience. And, and then that allowed me to come to, to camp here again, about 50 miles south and open up the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in, here in this market. And so I, I stayed in that job for a number of years, grew that business here. And today it's a, it's a viable visitor industry here, obviously not just, the Hall, not just with the Hall of Fame, but many other activities. And then I started to work more closely with the Hall of Fame and uh, still with the Chamber though, and those activities I mentioned earlier, as far as complementing the enshrinement and the game and those other uh, activities that, that would take place uh, uh, each, each and every year. And then I was approached by the board of directors of the, of the, of the chamber if I, in 2000, if in 2001, uh, if I would take over as CEO. So I've been in that capacity since. And so what gets me up in the morning is, you know, I, I, I love this community. I get to work with a staff of great people that are dedicated, they're smart. Uh, we have a great board of directors that allow the professional staff to operate. They approve policy, they approve finances, but they allow us to do our job. I think also we're, we've been impactful and meaningful in the community. We began a, a, a a, a true sense of, of the, the process of downtown restoration back in 2001. So, you know, it's, 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 an all, it's always a, a, a process that's still, it's always in motion, but um, down, our downtown has, has made a strong comeback. Uh, we have people living downtown now, properties that have been boarded up or, or repurposed. So like a lot of cities that saw their downtowns go into decay, we're seeing ours come out of that and be, and be a, an important part of our region. The, the other part of it is, is, is the people that I've come to know and respect, business owners, board members, elected officials. So it's like, uh, we're special to me. <laughs> I'm sure we're very much like a lot of other communities you enjoy what you do because of the people who 
you get to work with, you surround yourself with, and and, and so it's a good community. So I'm, I'm proud of this organization, proud of the chamber. Um, I'm proud of our members and our board and our staff and what we have accomplished and hopefully what we will continue to accomplish. So one of the questions we like to ask is you know, when you work for the chamber, you're inundated with ideas all the time. And many are many are good ideas, but realistically in, in the world of economic development, the ideas that are the, the real good ones are the ones that have financial back. Uh, so <laughs> as the head of the chamber, influencer in, in the community, if you had a blank check to use on economic development to improve the community in any way, what would you spend that money on? You know, wow, that's a that's a good question, and it's a question that probably has many many answers. But I guess what I would spend it on is the when I say infrastructure, I'm, I'm not talking about roads or the airport or things of that nature. I think I would spend it on the ability to pull a lot of good organizations that we have closer together and make them more streamlined. And that's hard to do. And, you know, you can only do that if you have a really dynamic process that allows those types of things to be funded well. And the funding is important because of, of, of what the process brings with it. And that is more of a global view organizations that all have their important touch points, but operating under maybe a, a single vision. And so, you know, you see some communities do this. Many times it's well-funded and well-backed by major industry in the community. We do have the, we do have phenomenal support from our local businesses and foundations. You could, you know, you can do wonders with a blank check. And so that, that would be one of the things that I would, I would say that it gives you more opportunity to think bigger and, and do some things that without that, you're maybe a little bit limited. That's fun. We might be onto a trend because if you listen to the last episode with uh, Brian and Charleston, South Carolina, his answer to that question was very, very similar to yours, yeah. <laughs> which is not surprising. Well, Denny, this has been great. I'm going to start to wind things down, but I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask for someone that wears so many hats and is so plugged in and meeting after meeting after meeting, how do you stay inspired? Are there books, are there blogs, podcasts? What, what do you do to stay in the know on things and, and keep your, uh, keep your tank fueled? Yeah. You know, I, I have recently got uh, become more into some podcasts, you know, that when I, I enjoy walking every day, it's my kind of my release. My, I used to run, can't run anymore because of knees and, and feet and, and all that. But, you know, podcasts that, that are more inspirational and, and, and books that are inspirational. You know, there's a, there's a book that I read called Servant Leadership. And, and, and it, was, it was really profound because it was about an executive who retired and really retired into the, the monastery <laughs> and chose to do that because he wanted to really have some type of an impact with the knowledge of what he brought from business. 
And when you really when you really break it down, it sounds a little bit strange, but there's a lot of similarities and probably more similarities that I took out of this that business could entertain as far as compassion and inclusion and the, the willingness to think differently. And then, and then it goes from that extreme to a book that was written by a, a friend whose name is Frank Sapovich. And Frank is the retired vice president of events for the National Football League. And he wrote a book that is applicable, not just for events, but for life. And that is called When Things Go Wrong. (laughs) I always tell our our staff, management is is when things go wrong. You know, when when you have to go off script. And so you can imagine that when you, you have arguably one of the largest brands that you're responsible for from the Super Bowl, halftime show, all the way down to, you know, the draft. How do you react when things start to go wrong? And that's really good management. It's really a good management lesson as to how do you react? What do you, what, what do, you do? And then, you know, I, and some of the podcasts I like are, are Guy Raz with, you know, kind of individuals who talk about how they succeeded in business. And, you know, some of those, you know, Dave's bread, what an interesting story. And and I find myself buying Dave's bread now, by the way. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's just how, how people have succeeded. And, and some of those garage type of endeavors to people who never had any business, you know, any, schooling in business, have fought through it and have been extremely successful. And here again, it's a lesson in, in taking a chance. It's a lesson in believing in yourself. It's a lesson in, in listening to others. And, 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 and it's probably the biggest lesson is not quitting, not, not, not giving in to the first hurdle you have and the tenacity to keep working through your mistakes, learning from them. And uh, I think each one of them that I've listened to, maybe the ones I enjoy the most, have a, have a common message, and that is you end up being humble. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us. Danny, thank you. If listeners uh, are interested in learning more about the, about the chamber, about the Canton Regional Chamber of Commerce, where, where, where should we send them? CantonChamber.org. Send them right to the website. And regionalchamber.org. And, and there's phone numbers on there also. If you have any questions, feel free to call me directly. Anybody on our staff, we, we, we want to give anybody who has questions or interest the same welcoming that you had. Absolutely. Uh, when you first had our first touch point with Molly, Molly Romick, who is our uh, director of membership and, and services, does a great job. And, but all of our staff works from that same type of belief that you are very important to us and we want to be able to help and serve you in any way we can. And it's amazing how the the attitude of the staff and the approach of the staff reflects the community as a whole, as you said at the beginning. Well, thank you again, Denny, for being there. We appreciate 
very much for taking some time to spend with us, walking us through all the great things happening in Canton and especially the work you're doing at the Chamber. I wish you and your team, your wonderful team, lots of success. And I look forward to I'll actually be back in town in the next few weeks to, and, and I'll get to see everything in person again, which is fantastic. Let's get together and thank you so much for what you do and for this great opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm hoping that everyone listening has already created their Chamber of Commerce engagement strategies for 2022 and is working closely with their Chambers of Commerce to implement them, whether it's for networking, advocacy, or to help grow the business community in your area. Your Chambers of Commerce continue to need your support, and they're there to help you meet your goals as well. If you're interested in learning how we can help you create a stronger relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most out of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business in Canton, Ohio, or if you're interested in the market, please check out www.cantonchamber.org and connect with Denny and his outstanding team. Denny, thank you again for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care.